Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Michael Likes Stuff podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Joel and I recapped a thrilling episode of Survivor 41 this week, but first, the Titans win, but at a cost. The loss of Derrick Henry instantly felt like a crushing blow on Monday, but the fan in me has allowed myself to breathe, and I'm back on the optimism train with this Titans team. Maybe their chances at the number one seed in the AFC are diminished, but they have a three-game lead over the Colts in the division and will own that tiebreaker no matter what. They still have a slew of gettable games, playing the Jags once and the Texans twice, along with the Saints, Steelers, Dolphins, and 49ers. None of those teams are great. The Rams matchup this week is a tough one, but I'd rather the Titans feel counted out than get too high on their own supply. The Titans are seven and a half point underdogs on Sunday night football against the Rams, and in my humble opinion, this is a stay away for betters. It seems too easy to take the Rams. The line has hardly moved at all since King, the King's injury. Look, my hopes for the rest of this Titans season, simply survive. Keep Ryan Tannehill healthy, win against bad teams, and hope for a Henry return in time for the playoffs. Last week, I hit a five-team parlay in the NFL, so I'm riding high on my abilities. Too high, to be honest. I'm officially in the danger zone where I begin to believe that I am good at this. That said, I've got a few picks in a parlay this week that I feel good about, so take note. This week, I like the Bengals, who are at home against the Browns and are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Look, the Browns are a mess. Odell Beckham Jr. just got sent home from practice. Baker Mayfield is playing quarterback with a bad shoulder. It's a mess. And the Bengals have to be kicking themselves after losing to the Jets last week. So I like the Bengals at home against the Browns. Another game. The Patriots are three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Panthers this week. The Patriots are starting to get it together, and the Panthers simply are not a good NFL team. They're not terrible, but they're not good. The Patriots have played consistently decent to good, and I expect them to take care of business in Carolina this week. In the third game, the Cardinals are one-point underdogs in Santa Clara against the 49ers this week. The Cardinals have proven to be one of the best teams in the NFL to this point. Murray was a little banged up last week but is expected to play on Sunday against the 49ers. The 49ers are the NFL bad team that everyone thinks might be okay, so I'll take that bet. All right, I've got those in a parlay. Let me reiterate, we're talking small money, so don't worry out there, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Now here's my brother, Joel, and I talking about Survivor 41. Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast. This is the Not Live Tribal Podcast with myself, Joel Klinger, alongside of me, as always, is my brother, Michael Klinger. And we are just sitting here after a doozy of an episode. Michael, how are you doing? My heart rate still has not returned to its normal state because I just finished watching it because I watch it on uh, uh after delay 
um, my heart was literally pounding for like 40 straight minutes. Yeah. Like, like from the immunity, like from the immunity challenge on, my heart did not stop pounding because I was skipping commercial breaks. So it was crazy. As kind of like non-entertaining as last week's episode this was, this week's was like full entertaining. Like you really, you knew what, like I felt like we knew what was going on pretty well, but we didn't know what was going to happen. And I feel like that's the goal, you know, for every episode. You want people to understand, but really not really know how it's going to turn out. And we really didn't know how it was going to turn out until like the very end. Um, So, of course, there are going to be spoilers. So if you haven't watched the episode go do that but we start we start back up and they replay all the advantages to kind of give everybody a heads up like hey this is everybody's advantage and all that stuff and then erica comes in and she smashes it which everyone else thought she was gonna do i didn't i didn't think that she was but she did so like good move on her honestly like that was smart that was the correct call um but yeah so like you could literally see it. I mean, I was I would be so pissed in that circumstance. But I thought like Deshaun PR'd the heck out of that. Like he was like, uh, I mean, it's just not what I was what I'm used to, man. It's like, I mean, how would you like? I would be so pissed. I would vocally say like, well, this is stupid. This sucks. Like, I mean, would you be able to hold it together? Because I thought Deshaun did great. I mean. Yeah, I would have been able to hold it together. I mean, it is what it is. Like, you got to get mentally prepared to do an immunity challenge at that point. Like, you got to be able to move on. It's Survivor. It happens. But they didn't even know, like, they were going to compete, too. Like, that's the kind of thing. They just kind of like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to do whatever the heck this is now. And I was expecting just, like, walk in and sit down. But no, that's not what's happening. I don't know. I would I would have been furious, and like maybe somebody did say that they were pissed. Like I could totally see Sydney just saying like, "This is the stupidest thing ever." <laughs> like I could totally see her saying that, and they just may have just not put that in. But I mean, yeah, like I, oh man, that's brutal to go from thinking you're in like great position, you made the merge, you're just gonna sit here and hopefully watch like, you know, like not Erica win, and then just vote out Erica, and then it's just freaking chaos after that i liked how it got rid of the easy vote like there was no easy vote to make for anyone really i mean i feel like it was an easy vote for shan once ricard had immunity but like everyone else is having to burn a bridge with somebody so it was hard yeah yeah um so they do the challenge and and Sydney almost wins. Evie almost wins, but Ricard wins, which is good for Ricard because Ricard may have been gone if he did not win. Um, and then the obvious vote became Evie, and then all of this chaos ensued with the idol and the steal uh, advantage that you know we didn't know that Evie and Xander knew about, but thank goodness they did. Um. Because I felt like it would have been extremely unfair for them not to have known that this thing even existed. And they just, you know, got screwed with it. Um, yeah. Once everyone knows about it, it's actually an incredibly limited advantage. It's very Because hard you, at that you point. can give it to anybody. The whole time I'm saying to Madeline, I'm like, they better have given that thing to Tiffany. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying the whole time. So it's like when, when, when she realizes that everyone knows about it, it makes it way harder to play. It's a guessing game at that point, unless the person has zero allies. And, you know, 
so you know liana acts like she's still in with the yasa tribe even though all of them know that she is not with them and like this was i feel like this was a huge mistake on liana's part because danny literally said xander knew about the advantage and told him about it he told the luvu tribe that liana had an advantage you still think those people are with you are you serious like i i feel like i could not believe I feel like that was the one smallest minor mistake that Xander made this whole episode, even though he dominated, he crushed this episode. Like no, he, he made he a was... mistake at the end of the episode. Okay, well, maybe we'll talk about that later. But, but like, I feel like he told Danny, I, I guess he was just trying to create chaos. That was the only reason he did that, to create, like, distrust within that group but also you know xander doesn't understand that danny already has like a final four with liana so like he's not gonna like just abandon that immediately like danny literally just went and told liana which at that point if you're liana if i'm liana i'm thinking okay like i gotta figure something else out because they're they know that i have this advantage it's not just gonna be so simple and easy anymore but she did it she didn't piece that together and, like, that was the question and I was thinking. I was like, you totally, absolutely do not play it on Xander because 100% if Xander knows about it, he's not going to just make it super easy for you. Like, I, I couldn't believe that Liana didn't figure that out. Yeah. Uh, Liana is not the survivor expert that she thinks she is. She was invoking, like, the names of Sandra and Parvati and all of that, and it's like, no, no, sister, you're not there. You're not on that level. Like, she couldn't figure out that it was an obvious ploy. And, like, if you, if Xander is being so obvious about it, you spent an excessive amount of time with Xander before the merge. You should know him well enough to know that he's, he may not always make the best game moves, but he's not an open idiot. Yeah, yeah. And like although I, I was starting to second guess that myself, though, as the episode went on, I was like, is Xander actually... Just going to hold it. Is he going to, like, present it and just, like, is do he, that? Yeah. Is he actually being an idiot? But then when Evie went along with it is when I was like, oh, it's a setup. It's a setup. Yeah. Yeah. And I... Yeah. Like, did you see that coming? I saw that coming, like, a mile away. Like, halfway through the episode, I was like, well, you have to give it to Tiffany and hope they don't ask Tiffany. I thought that was, like, the easiest thing that they could do. And, like, honestly, like, Shan misplayed it, too, or she intentionally played it poorly. Like, she she was in on the conversation with Liana. Liana. She never said, like, you know, okay, well, they could just give it to somebody else. Like, I don't think, like, you know, Liana saw it with her own two eyes at camp. So, it's like, okay, well, he must still have it at that point. And... Like, Shan was just willingly just saying, like, yeah, I guess he has it, even though he's showing everyone in Tribal and knows about the advantage that will take this away from him. And like, that's an incredible miss. I thought it was pretty apparent during the episode that Shan was significantly underestimating Evie, Tiffany, and Xander's ability to play. Because yeah. she was like, oh, she's not thinking on that level. And Liana's like, well, actually, she is. She's really smart. Like, she's not going to get taken like an idiot. Now that everyone knows about this advantage, 
I was kind of surprised Liana tried to play it at all at that point. Like you've got the votes, yeah. so just like hold it and hope people forget about it, or hope yeah, that think- you get you get them on a surprise attack. Because well, at that don't. point, that was the talk of the the talk of camp. Yeah, they didn't quite have the adva- like the numbers advantage that they needed to do what they wanted because if they put all eight votes on uh, Evie, then an idol knocks Deshaun out. If they split it four four and somebody has an extra vote, which Liana may know that Xander has an extra vote, and they use the extra vote, then they knock out Deshaun. So I feel like. This this is how quickly this this final four emerged. Like Liana was willing to put it all on the line for Deshaun that she's known for two days, and like this this is it was a play that I don't even know what you do. Like maybe you hold on to it at some point, but also like that's risky because with this season you really don't know what's happening. Like you could totally just get idled out or some extra vote or maybe somebody has the exact same advantage that you do and you're screwed and like. It just it 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 doesn't like. I listened a little bit to Rob as a podcast with Stephen Fishback, and and you know they were talking about now that the gameplay is so chaotic, they are all just gonna stick with the numbers and be way more conservative because the ground underneath them is not solid at all, and that makes a ton of sense. Um, and I feel like when you're in Liana's shoes at that point, it's like well, I'm screwed. And I could feel like the chaos because they were like, well, Deshaun was super freaking out because he he's seen it firsthand now. Like, he has no idea what is happening in this game. None. Zero. And he wasted his extra vote, which we could talk about the vote count later, I guess. But um, I feel like that's just kind of what's happening this season where where we're just getting these people that are trying to play a game that they don't know how to play because it's vastly different than what they've experienced and what they've seen on TV. I don't, I don't know that it's that different than what they've seen on TV. I mean, it's still survivor. You still vote like at, at winners at war, there was the safety without power advantage where you could just walk off of uh, out of tribal, like, and not vote and you would be safe so that the shot in the dark thing is just like one sixth of that. Okay. So it's, it's significantly less powerful than that. Like there's a lot of things and there's been steel votes before there's been an idle nullifier before these things aren't that crazy. If you've been watching but, the show, you can understand how they got to this point. Well, and that it, there has never been a reversal of a challenge. Like anytime someone has won immunity, the only reason that they would not have immunity at tribal is if they willingly gave it to someone else. This is not like, this is a complete, it, I feel like with that challenge thing, I've thought a lot about this. It's like, you can't, you can say you outwit, you can say you outlast. I don't know if you can say you outplay anymore. Like if you're, if you're saying that just on random challenges, like we can just like, someone can just randomly decide, yeah. We're going to flip it. You're acting like that's going to be a normal thing, which it's not. Number two, I'm nervous that it is. Number two, it wasn't an individual immunity challenge. Number three, was they a, weren't actual a, tribes. They did a random pick for that, for one challenge. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like it, it, to me, like flipping the script, going back in time, like like Jeff and Erica said a million times, like they made her say that so much, and it's like it's like they changed the course of history, and it's like that's stupid. Like history's written, you should just have to move forward from it, and it's like oh, so like we've been operating under like false ideas like the last like 48 hours after we won that challenge. Like that makes no sense to me. And it's like, why it doesn't have to make sense to you. So all this, like all this conversation about Erica going out meaningless, that's all meaningless information. Does it gameplay? Doesn't matter. Well, no one is, no one's giving like everyone would be fine if Erica was all of a sudden on the chopping block and she didn't even get a chance to compete for immunity, everyone would not be feeling bad for Erica in that situation. I would, I would feel bad for Erica, but that's not as dramatic as totally flipping 11, 12 people's immunity, making them safe or unsafe. That's, that's completely different. I do feel like that is stupid and the game is taken away from Erica at that moment. But that's, you know, that's not as big of a jump to me. Because she did nothing. It's it's like the tribe actively won. They actively won. They did it. But really, if they had lost, it may have been in their favor. Because Erica could just come back and then crush the hourglass, get immunity, and then they'd be safe. Like, I feel like, that, you know... What's the point? They still got a chance to be in an immunity challenge. They thought they were going into a individual immunity challenge on that day or the, or the merge, which would then be an individual immunity challenge. They got an individual immunity challenge with a heightened chance of them winning. They had a 1 in yeah, 6 chance of, six of winning of instead be, of a 1 in 12 chance of winning immunity. 5 of the 6 of them will be unsafe. Will be unsafe. Literally, Evie and Sydney... Both thought they were safe that morning. They had they had immunity. Jeff said the six were getting wearing the buffs will be safe from immunity. They were given the buffs, and now they're just like get have to give them up. They have to take them away. Who cares? But because who yeah, cares? I do. I do. A lot of people do actually. Michael. Well, That's those people need to get over it, dude. It's Survivor. Stuff happens. They do new things. They do other things. They don't keep doing them. Everyone's acting like this is going to be a normal thing. This is probably the only time this is going to happen. I hope so. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. They still had a chance to compete for individual immunity. Yeah, after they already won it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, like, that. Is, yeah. They didn't win individual immunity. They won tribal immunity, which they weren't even a tribe. So who which cares? They, but they didn't they actually still, win immunity. It, they were told they won immunity, but they didn't win Basically, what it did was change an immunity challenge into a reward challenge. That's all that it really did. And everyone's yeah, freaking out about it. they were told it was an immunity challenge. They were, literally, they were explicitly lied to by Jeff in the game. Who cares? A lot of people. <laughs> I mean, um, you can just say you care. Because I don't care. I do not care. I'm sick and tired of the discourse about this season. It's entertaining, dude. I was enthralled by this episode. I was enthralled by it. Yeah. Yeah. People whine about it all the time. It's like, get over it. Get over it. Okay. Now, do you Um, want to talk about tonight's episode? That was tonight's episode. 
No, Joel, all that happened from the, on tonight's episode was no, she Erica smashed, smashed an hourglass. hourglass today. Yeah, and then it all of that all stuff the, that, all that we're talking about happened, happened last week. That's last what all the people been talking about for the last nothing. week. That is the that is the point of like last week's episode literally meant nothing, meant zero things because everything that meant that needed to happen happened this week. They could have just you know said okay you won, but like we're actually just gonna go to tribal and then you're gonna go to tribal because you won. That would have been the exact same thing. They could have just shortened it and it would have been fine. None of it so. means anything. It's a TV show. <laughs> It is purely for your entertainment. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's just not, I, I guess, I guess I feel like you say it's just for entertainment. I would say that it is integral to the game to be fair. And I guess you would say that it is fair and that it is random, but it's not fair that, that everyone has exactly the same chance to win. I, I like I I feel like if this game wasn't fair, if it was rigged, I wouldn't watch, right? No one's um, saying the game is rigged. I hope. Maybe it's they just don't say they don't say it's rigged. I, I feel like a lot of people are just saying it like this season it's it's stupid. And I'll watch it and it's still fun to watch and it's still fun to have a podcast on it. It's still fun to talk about it because there are elements that have been there for forty seasons that are still there this season. But it is a bit distracting how much is going on. Uh, that's what I'll say. It made for an excellent episode of television tonight. That's the best episode of television that I have watched in a very long time. <laughs> the Bachelor does not get my juices flowing like that. <laughs> um. Okay, so so let's let's go back to a little bit before Tribal. Shan is talking to Liana, and she's like. You know, we all have to like, we're all going to have to cut somebody, you know, it just has to be you this first time. And it's like, if I'm Liana, I'm like, I really don't think it does have to be me, to be completely honest. Shan is so condescending the way that she was talking to Liana. The way that she was talking to Liana was so condescending. She, she works through condescension and guilt. That is, that is what, that is her gameplay. That is what she uses to manipulate people. And it works. It has worked every time. And, except for with her card, um, and and it's it's kind of disgruntling me to watch watch her play, and I, I've been very vocal about it on this podcast. But it's like it's it's frustrating to see someone advance in this game with that sort of attitude, that sort of um, the way she talks to people, um, the way that she advances her you know agenda, and and it's it's very manipulative, and it gives me bad vibes all around. And I get it's a game. And she can use it to win a million dollars, but at the same time, it seems pretty crappy. So, um, yeah, I I just thought that that was really interesting, and honestly, like, yeah, Shan Shan was kind of missing in this episode just in talking to Liana, but she didn't give her any great advice, obviously. So I feel like, let me ask you this: in my mind, Liana making this mistake proves to the jury, proves to other people that she is not great at Survivor. I think that this is going to be a big red X for her. And I think that Shan's going to want to take Liana to the end and use that against her. Yeah. I mean, Liana might not be great at Survivor, but I hope that she's smart enough to see that Shan would beat her in the end. But they're not. They're That's, that's the thing. I feel like with Shan, the only way, the only way that I see Shan losing this game 
is it fire? I think that's it. I think that's the only way that she loses is she gets put out fourth. I think there's no other way that Shan does not win this game unless people say, yeah, you did some pretty crappy things, and I don't like you. So I guess there's two ways. I don't... I, I still, like... I didn't see anything tonight that confirms that Deshaun and Danny and Shan and Liana are for sure Final Four. I mean, they're together. Mean? It was so obvious. Like, Danny and Deshaun parted with Sydney. They're number one. She was their number one before the merch. Because now they're like, we have this new alliance. And it's not Nasir. It's not Ricard. It is Shan and Liana. They are the okay. final four. Okay. So riddle me this then. Why did Deshaun save Evie? He didn't save Evie. Yeah, he did. He threw Evie under the bus. Not when he actually voted. No. So I actually... So the way... According to Rob Sesternino, the way that the votes fell, it was the women of of the majority and Nasir that voted for Sydney. Deshaun used his extra vote and his vote on Evie. Then why did it say Sydney on his paper? When did it say Sydney on his paper? I'm pretty sure at the end they showed Deshaun holding up two pieces of paper that both said Sydney. Oh. Huh. Maybe you're right. I feel like I feel like Okay, then I guess Rob was wrong. Um I mean I might be wrong. So But that's what I thought. So So clearly he still has other someone else he wants to keep around. But he also threw her under the bus. Like he was like, listen, Xander, she like told me that you're on the bottom and that you have an idol. That's straight up. 100%. Okay, but Deshaun was scared for his life in the game because if an idol hits and then they add a, a extra vote on or something, their vote split is worthless. Xander doesn't want to then play his idol for Evie. So Deshaun was scared if one or even two people have him, if, if Evie and even Sydney have immunity, he's gone. So he's just trying to do whatever he can to get Xander not to play his idol for Evie. Yeah, yeah. He was just, yeah. And so he if you're scared up. for your life in the game, I don't, I don't think that that really signals anything to me. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like that wasn't a, a keeping Evie as much as a, I'm terrified. So I feel like that's not... If he was terrified... And he wanted to keep uh, Sydney. Instead, he could have put two votes on Eddie. Yeah, but they knew that Sydney was out. Sydney was on the outs. Like it made it was no, it was not going to be great to keep Sydney anyway. Okay, so let's talk about this then, because you said Xander played it a great episode, and for the most part, he did. He did a lot of things, but at the end, when he's saying. Don't play the idol for Evie to Tiffany. He's legitimately thinking Evie's going to be okay. He wasn't even thinking about a vote split in that situation. He thought they were all the votes were just going on Sydney. I don't think that's true. 
Then what do you I think? I mean, I think that I think that he probably thought that maybe Evie was going to get some votes, but they, I think he really thought that they were going with mostly Sydney. And you cannot get mad at Sydney. He made the correct play. That was the correct move. If he uses that, then it's just like he loses an idol. That's no, the correct play. You're telling me you're getting mad at Xander for that? That was the right play. He had the I, balls to make that play. I'm not mad at Xander, but you could tell Xander thought he messed up because he looks at Evie like, I'm sorry, Ev. And if Deshaun yeah. hadn't put two votes on Sydney, Evie would be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he had no idea what Deshaun was doing. That was complete luck for Xander in that situation. Yeah, but I also He wonder, gets to keep his idol and Yasa stays intact. I wonder how uh, how much of it was a selfish move for Xander thinking, I'm going to get this idol back and I'm going to have it. You know, like, this is going to take me further in the game. Yeah, I'll say I'll play it for Evie, but I really, maybe he was like, I don't really have much intention at this point because there's, I think, I think there's like a 50-50 shot that Sydney goes home anyway. Um, And I think that, like, a lot of that was, you know, and maybe, like, Deshaun got to him. He was like, oh, she lied to me? Like, okay, then I guess I just won't play. I guess I just won't play the idol for I'll just keep it. I, I don't know. I think he I think he was scared Evie was going to get voted out and he was so confident because everything he had hit on all of his other expectations so far at tribal council he had played it so well that he was super confident like Evie's not yeah. going home and I don't have to play anything yeah. when in reality he got really spooked that Evie was going home let's be real if Evie goes home there Xander and Tiffany are toast I mean they're they, are, they're toast anyway they, Dude, come on, dude. There's 11 people in the game. There are a, there are a solid three out of 11 people. Let's talk, That's let's not talk toast. about this. Let's That's not toast. This. Let's talk about this for a second. Okay, let's break down these numbers because I think this episode further solidified the final four, but I think over the next few episodes, we're going to see it happen really interestingly. Um, so... No, okay, so I actually just watched the, the vote count. Deshaun voted for Evie twice. Nasir voted for Sydney. I think that probably Nasir flipped his vote without telling anybody, and it kind of blew up the numbers. So I think Deshaun probably thought, I'm putting five votes on Evie, and then, yeah, that's what I think. But that okay. should have, I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Um, What were we talking? Oh, yeah, the next, what's going to happen? Um, So there are a solid three which in a group of 11 normally seems good and well. But what you really have is a four that also has Ricard. And then we have uh, the three. So that's eight. But then you also have uh, Erica and Heather, which as much as Erica likes to say that she's playing like a lion... She was not in a single one of those conversations other at Tribal other than just getting whispered to who to vote for. Heather was not even in any conversations. She started talking, and Jeff kind of cut her off, and they didn't even play what she said. Heather, like these, these are two people that are not going to make big moves. Erica smashed the hourglass because it made her safe. Heather is not going to make a move, good move for her life because she's probably just tight with Danny and Deshaun and just says, 
I'm just going to vote with them forever, and we'll see how that goes. I feel like these people, there are just not numbers. And, and this week's episode is going to be the big one if that Final Four, if that Final Four is not going to make it. Because Ricard's the key player here. If he realizes what's going on and realizes that he's on the bottom over there, then he can flip and he can say, Nasir, I'm with you. Yasa, I'm with you. And maybe they pull Erica. But if they don't do it now, it's over. It is over. I don't I don't think it's like do it next tribal or it's over. I mean, we're talking it would have to get under eight before then. And even then, those four, I have a hard time believing not a single one of them is gonna wanna get with somebody else. Who would be better? Who would be, be like for your game? So you're so you're telling me you're telling me I'm a smart player, and then it's at seven, and it's Deshaun, Danny, me, Heather, and Erica, and I'm Shan, and you're not you're telling and Liana, and you're telling me I want to go to the end with Deshaun, Danny, and Liana. Yes, because here's why: at seven. You have the majority. You have the four. Erica is going to be Erica and whoever else, not Heather, because Heather doesn't care. They're going to say, like, hey, let's flip and let's do this instead. Well, you got to get past that vote. You get past that vote, you have the solid four. What? What? How are you going to get four votes with that? Are you going to pull Liana? Liana seems pretty tied with, with Danny and Deshaun now. She's not going to flip with, with Erica? Are you kidding me? Okay, so you get past four. You're at six. At this point, this is not just what is best for me in this game. I feel like for them, it goes past that. That's what happened with the cookout. Yes, it took them further in the game, but I think if you ask any of those four players, hey, you're automatically in Final Four, they would take it every single time. It doesn't matter who you're up against. And if I'm Liana, for whatever reason, I feel like I can win. For Shan, Shan knows she can win. If she takes Liana and Danny to the final three, it might as well be an automatic giveaway. If Deshaun makes it with Liana and Danny, it's an automatic giveaway. These are these, and Danny is not a big bold move move maker. These are the final four. Like these, these are the final four. No, Joel, that's not. That's a ridiculous thing to say. I it's want true. you to go back. And I want you to watch how many super majorities after the first merge vote took it all the way down as clean as they thought. It almost never happens. It almost never happens. And you know does. what? When everybody and their dog has an idol, a steal a vote, and a shot in the dark, then it's even less but, likely to happen. But how many of those are with the, with the outliers here? Nasir thinks he's with the group. Nasir has an idol. And then the only other person that has advantage or an idol is Xander. And they're going to get him out eventually. All they have to do is just split their votes. They have eight votes right now. They have eight votes right now against three. They just split their votes, four and four. Bang, one of them's gone no matter what. I don't even know that they'll vote all together for one more tribal council. I think they will. I think they're, I think, yeah, I think they will. Because I, I, I feel like. Well, like, do you not think that Yasa is smart enough to go and pull in Heather and Erica, who clearly are not with them? 
I think they're smart enough. I don't think er- Heather and Erica are smart enough to realize they're on the bottom and ditch in time. Like, how are you not smart enough? It's like, look, they weren't even Heather, talking to you who to vote for at Tribal. Heather's not playing this game. She's not. It's over in her brain. I feel like that that they've shown they've shown no signs of life from her. This is this is just kind of like she's just there and she's a number. I feel like Danny and Deshaun are probably being really nice to her and she's just like, "All right, I'm just going to vote where they go." And Erica, I mean, I really hope she figures it out, but a lot of times we see it all the time that these people don't realize they're on the bottom until too late and they can't get saved. Like Erica is like a fan and she's like 24 years old. Like why is she I mean, does she just have zero self-awareness? I mean, I don't understand. Like, that's, that was my thing. Like, in Live Tribal, she just sat there. It's like, what? I mean, do you not understand? Like, this is when the game happens. If you're not in on these conversations, you're not winning, period. Like, you have to decide. You have to decide at some point whether you're on this side or you're on that side. And if she went over and they pulled her in and she was, like, in then she could have made a huge difference. She would have been five. Like, it, 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 I feel like there are two weak links in this tribe, in this season, and one of them is Erica. She's not super, a super weak link, just probably with this season, and Heather is probably the weakest link I've ever seen in my entire life. The amount of no airtime that they have given to her I think she's going to glide right through and Deshaun and Danny are going to protect her until they can't anymore and she's going to go. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that's, that's what's, that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, 10 o'clock, November 3rd, that's what's going to happen. That's the final four, period. I mean, it's not a very exciting take, Joel. What do you mean? It's the first all black final four in Survivor history. You're saying something's a done deal at 11. Actually, you said it was a done deal at 12. It's not a very exciting take. That just means you're going to have like, a boring season to watch. Yeah, that was my problem with it. I said last week that, I, that I'm mad just because I know what's going to happen now. You also say the Titans are going to lose at the end of every first quarter. So <laughs> I don't know that I should really be buying your predictions. It's true. Um, and that's fine. I, I'll be happy to be wrong because I would love, I feel like this season has more chaos in it if that's not the final four. But I just feel like it is the final four. I, I feel like- I think there's a lot of scrambling. Like Yasa, those are that is a, a uh, uh, what's the word? Scrappy threesome. Evie, Tiffany, and Xander, and they still have an idol and a steal vote. So I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over for Yasa yet. I mean, I really hope not. And in my notes. I like halfway through the episode, I was like, I really hope Evie and Xander both make it out of this. And they did. Dude, like they just need to go get Ricard. Ricard. I feel like Ricard is the key player now. Like if, if anybody's going to make a move, if anybody's going to stop this from happening, it's going to be him. Like he's got to be smart enough. And we know that he is smart enough to see those four are not only talking strategy, but they're hanging out together. Mm-hmm. And when they're hanging out together and talking strategy, that's when you know it's real. And so mm-hmm. I would definitely go pull Ricard in and be like, dude, you've got to know that they're together. Like, we can't, we're not doing that. This ain't Big Brother. 
Well, they don't know. They don't. They've never seen that happen before. That's the interesting thing about this coming out after Big Brother, but being taped before Big Brother came out. Like they don't, they don't know that the cookout happened. They haven't seen it happen, and it's going to make it almost impossible in the future for this to happen in the future. But it's also like, I feel like that's just what what is going to happen because. It's never been done before. They've never seen it. A lot of the season is new things that they've never seen, and it's coming to bite people. It's coming to bite these people because they don't think like this is happening. They haven't seen it before. They don't know how to recognize it. You see that season after season after season after season. People think they're in it. They're in a group of four. They got a final four, but really they're number six, and then they get cut. And I'm really worried that Ricard's going to see it, but he's going to see it like two episodes from now, and he's not going to have the numbers to be able to do anything about it. I... It's going to be like, uh, if what you're saying is true, which I would give like a 50-50 chance right now. I'm not saying, like, I don't think it's a done deal. You seem like it's 99% figured out. Yeah. I'm more like 50-50. Like, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I I believe way too much in the sanctity of the game for that to happen. <laughs> I don't. I guess I guess that's like we could just we could just title this podcast The Sanctity of the Game and how you believe in the sanctity of the game still and I do not. <laughs> and it's like when uh Russell went on Heroes vs. Villains right after Samoa and none of the none of the contestants exactly. had seen his season. Yeah. So they're just like this guy's not a problem. Like no need to worry about him. He's crazy. He smells, he's mean, he's yeah. weird. Next thing you know, he's in the final three again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, Russell came back and they voted him out immediately. And yeah. It's like. So, do you think that this will have like actually negative implications moving forward on Black Survivor players? Like, it'll be I don't like, know. it'll be like, hey, did you watch Big Brother? Did you watch Survivor Forty One? Like, we just got to get some of these people out pre-merge, so that we're not know. in that situation. Because they have a bond we don't have. I don't know if they'll do it immediately, but I do think that will be in players' heads. You know, to and it'll happen like come merge. They'll be like, if we see these four like hanging out a lot together, that's alarm bells are going to go off, and they're going to realize that they need to get people out. And I mean, it's it's clear to to you know the Yasa tribe even now that those four are close. That's why they picked Deshaun to go. You know, they they could have picked someone else. They they picked Deshaun. And like they like it's just I don't know if they see that as like a solid four because they don't see their conversations. They don't they've never seen it before. I feel like this is this is kind of scary for me because we are seeing that. And before I guess it we didn't I didn't see it because I, you know, I'm white and like most of the players were white, but you know, quickly, the first people voted out were like half the time, like people of color, and that's bad. You know, and 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 there is no way to like erase race from this game because it's like even this season. You know, this is not intentional. I don't think from like the white people, but even in tribal, it was like the white people and then the people of color. That that's how it's split up right now. And I for the future of the game, I really don't know what that's gonna look like, to be honest with you. Um I do think that it will be extremely difficult for a foursome to make it to the end. 
uh, a foursome of color, you know, a, a, a black foursome to make it to the end because we will have seen it before. But at the same time, you know, what that means for the future of the game and the future commentary around the game, how people see that, how people react to it. We could be throwing this. This could be like a constant conversation of like why people align with certain people forever. I mean, we've seen people get targeted for way less meaningful yeah. identifications, like the Poker Alliance and Winners at War, like the moms and daughters on Blood vs. Water, like all of, like so many reasons mm-hmm. people get targeted. Like, oh, they're connect- they have a connection because they're from the same part of the country or whatever. And so I definitely can see how i like if it happens if it if they take it the whole way it honestly even if they don't take it the whole way the fact that they've it's been spoken into existence right is is gonna be a red flag for seasons to come and i'm interested to see who if they show anyone on survivor in the future being like hey remember what happened when the four black players took it all the way to the end we can't let that happen. Like, are they going to show anybody saying that? Because people are going to be saying it, undoubtedly. Yeah. Because yeah. you you have to say it if you want to win. Yeah. It has to be something that's in your mind now. And so I I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't go down like that, just because like I could care less about Danny. Shan annoys me. Liana's high on her own supply i like deshaun okay that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at with it danny i could take or leave i don't have like dislike for him but like i don't really like him professional athletes place on survivor it's like why why are you here it's supposed to be a game for regular people to play you know yeah and so like for that reason i hope it doesn't work um and there's probably, you know, there's probably some white fragility in there, you know. It's like, man, if I ever played Survivor, I wouldn't want to get voted out just because I wasn't a person of color, which, you know, clearly is an unchangeable uh, trait about oneself. And I would like to think that people haven't gotten voted out of Survivor just because they were a person of color. But I do think that race does is an unspoken connection. And when you're white, you don't even think about it. Right. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, this reminds me of, you know, those seasons where they would come in off the beach for the first episode, first time they see each other. And then they would like, like, like it happened in Russell season where he just had to pick like random people to be good at certain things without even saying a word. Like, it's like, I think this person is going to be smart. I think this person is going to be a good swimmer. I like, and it's like, that is not healthy. Like that, that's not healthy at all. Like, I mean, why would you putting someone in that position to have to make a decision? You're like, no benefits can come from that. Nothing like that's an impossible situation to put people in where you're literally having to choose between people you don't know about using the only external things that you can to inform your decision. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of a part of like our human nature and it's part of our, our, you know, psychology to just kind of like, 
go with what we're familiar with. Go with with things that make us feel safe. Go with the bigger part of our numbers. If I'm, you know, if I'm playing Survivor 10 years ago and there's like, I got to make it through the first vote. My only thought is to get me through the first vote. And if somebody else's name comes up, bang, I'm voting that person out 100%. And, and I feel like this is a conversation that like is kind of entrenched in this game and will never leave. You know, how do you deal with these external circumstances that you just like you can't control you can't just make disappear they're there and you know how you make that decision and how i feel like people may perceive that decision are two completely different things and i feel like it's going to cause the you know i feel like survivor fan outrage is never going to go away you know i I feel like there are always going to be some people that are mad with a person for saying or doing or voting or something i mean um fan outrage you cannot be a fan fan is short for fanatic (laughs) you know like these aren't these aren't really like if you're a fan of something you don't have an objective opinion about the thing well i don't know i was an astros fan and then i found out they cheated and then i stopped being an astros fan i feel like maybe that begs the question whether you were a fan at all well i feel like maybe there's a difference between a fan and a stan like it's like i stand this person forever I am I am going to bury I'm going to be buried being a survivor stan. Like there is nothing that Jeff Probst could do or say to make me lose my affinity for survivor. And then there that's probably like probably like ten percent, twenty percent of of the fan base. And then there's probably like a sixty percent like of the fan base that is like, I really like Survivor. It gives me something to do on a Wednesday night. It gives me something to talk about with my friends. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see the drama. But if they missed a season, if they missed an episode, they may be bummed, but they they're not like heartbroken. Their life still goes on. And then there's probably like twenty percent that are like new watchers that are just trying to feel it out if they want to watch it, if they want to dedicate their Wednesday nights to to a certain to Survivor. Um. So I feel like how you see Survivor as like this this being that will take left turns and right turns and and be Survivor forever. There's almost nothing that could happen in the gameplay. There's no advantage. There's no nothing that could change your love for the game is different than probably how like a lot of people view Survivor. Okay. I think, uh, I think, People like Survivor for different reasons. I think that's more of what it is, why people are mad about Survivor happening the way that it happens. I like Survivor for the kooky character moments, (laughs) for the family visits, for the uh, blind sides, and the social dynamics. And some people want Survivor to just be played like Secret Hitler or Mafia. Yeah. And to have set rules and you can lie and you have set rules and you can lie and whatever. And it's about reading other people and trusting other people. And that's all great. It's intriguing to me. But I feel like people that that's why they like it, they think they're good at that stuff. They actually think that they're really good at, at those types of games. And it's like, cool. Well, it's a TV show. If you want to play Mafia, 
do that on your own time. I'm sure there's some Twitch streamers out there that will let you watch them play Secret Hitler, okay? <laughs> but we're talking about Survivor. It's a different thing. There's, it's encompassing so much more. I like, I like Survivor for two reasons. One, the gameplay. I love the gameplay. I love, I love when I don't, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know kind of like the mindset behind things, and I like seeing things play out and the tricks and like, you know, certain moments. Like tonight, I mean, I was like running around the living room when Xander said, no, but I'll give you this fake. I was like running around the living room. I was pump. I was pumping my fist. I was screaming like, yes, maybe some expletives in there. Like I was so happy to see like that moment because it's like, yes, like this guy, he's kind of been screwed this game. And now he's just saying here, take this advantage that is like overpowered and just stick it right up your butt. And it's like, yes. Mm, so like, that's number one. I love, I love seeing like big brain gameplay. I love that. The second reason is I, I I enjoy talking about it with other people. And that's really the only two reasons that I, I really watch Survivor. I don't really care much about like the the sob stories because honestly I kind of feel like some of the sob stories are like pretty fake and like overblown. Um, you think that they're fake. You think that the people's no, parents did I, not die. No, that's not that's not I guess that's not what I meant. I feel like people are leveraging their stories for goodwill in the game or for goodwill in general. And that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And like, I feel like that's probably my own distrust and my, I should probably go to therapy about that. But it's also like, you know, why? Like, that's such a public space to like, talk about your sob story. And, and I just, that's just, the people themselves and their stories is not what brings me to watch the show every Wednesday night. It's not. Um, it's just, for me, it's like a, a mental thing. And honestly, the the distrust and the disloyalty rubs me like the wrong way. Like I remember watching, you know, I haven't seen all the seasons and I've seen like, all, I've seen most of them, all the ones that are on Amazon Prime or Hulu, I've seen. And I watched them all back to back to back and I watched like three seasons in a row. And by the third season, I like, you know, watching so many people just lie to each other back like all the time and like having this extreme distrust for people, it made me have it like actually adjusted how I viewed real life, how I viewed my friendships in real life. It's like, maybe it's all just a manipulation. So like I, I, you know, it's, I don't watch it for the actual interpersonal things. I watch it for like the sick gameplay and uh, the things that come out of that. Um, does yeah. that make sense? No, I get you. Dude, when Xander uh, was like, no, this is a fake idol and you can have this. Yeah. I yeah. I literally got up and I was swinging this pillow and I was screaming <laughs> in our apartment and I didn't even realize what was happening because I was so, it wasn't, you know, sometimes you get like excited about something and it's pre-planned. This yeah. was a completely like my heart had been pounding about this whole scenario for 30 minutes. And then it yeah. finally happened the way I had hoped. And I like took a pillow and I was swinging it around and I hit our uh, uh, ceiling fan. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> I, and then I was like having to check to see if I had like knocked the thing around too far or whatever. And I was like, oh my goodness, I need to calm down. <laughs> but like I remember um during David versus Goliath 
uh, I think we were watching this together when they played the uh, Idol Nullifier on John. Mm-hmm. And we were jumping up and down in yeah. our parents' living room, going crazy. Yeah. That was awesome because they had DVR and <laughs> I didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. That was such a great season. That's like top five for me. Like that was Top a great tier. Season. Um, yeah. But anyway, okay. So I guess, is there anything else from this episode you want to talk about? We've, we've talked about everything that I've thought of. Um, yeah, I, I just like the fact that it was Erica with the, um, the, what's it called? The The, hourglass. The hourglass. Literally, if it had been any other character besides Heather, it would have been way more interesting. (laughs) Like that, like, and people might not have had as much of a problem with it. But no one likes Erica in the yeah. fan base. Yeah. Like if Nasir like I'm got sh- that. I am sure. I'm positive she's a wonderful person. But like she's not been an interesting TV character. Yeah. And I so like I if- think like people, if, if, if it had been like a more intriguing character, I think people would have been more on board with it. Yeah. Like I feel like if Nasir went, it would have been... Great Nasir television. Can do, Nasir can do no wrong, man. Everybody loves Nasir. Like, Nasir's the best. And, uh, because he just, he just seems so honest. He seems so, like, he wears his emotions on his sleeves. Man, I love, I love Nasir. Um, but, like, but, do you, but don't you think Nasir's gonna think, wait, I don't think we're Luvu strong if they were just so down with voting Sydney out. I hope, man. I really do. I really hope so. I think that's the only hope. I think that Nasir and Ricard are going to have to pull in Erica. They're going to have to do something. I think that's the only way that they do it. I just don't know if they will, especially watching the scenes from next episode. It was all like Nasir, Tiffany, Xander, Evie. And it's like, these sound, I mean, the the editors, it's probably none of those people that they mentioned, honestly. Yeah. I could totally see it being Erica. I said, I said over the next two episodes in any order last week, I said, it's going to be Sydney or Erica. And, if, if I'm right on that and I'm right on the final four, then I'm just like, I'm going to like go to Vegas. I'm going to like put in like a ton of money and just see, see what happens. Cause like, that's insane. Um, if, if Yasa survives two more tribal councils and they get rid of Erica and Heather, watch out. Yeah. Because Yasa, Ricard and Nasir could take it. Yeah. They could take it they, right from those guys. But they got to make the next two. And keep Nasir and Ricard, and I, that's that's asking a lot at that point. I like. I think next time they might just say, "Let's do an easy vote." Like there might be an Who's easy vote easy episode. Vote? Erica, Heather, that would be the easy vote. I don't think they want to get rid of Heather. That's the thing, which is really frustrating because Heather is giving nothing. Like she's she's not a character. Uh, okay, like this cast this cast but, is great. Heather is just existing in this cast. Okay, but let's say I do think I'm one of the I'm one of the camp out. Don't I want to lock in our final four more by getting rid of some goats that might interrupt that? Like, don't I want to get rid of like a Heather or an Erica, uh, someone like else in our four might think at six? Wait, we should I should just go with them. Well, I could totally see getting rid of Erica because she's already displayed some interest in 
actually playing the game. But getting rid of Heather to me makes no sense for Deshaun or Danny. It makes no sense at all. So, like, I think that, I think that, you know, I totally see your point, but Yasa has clearly shown that they are capable of playing this game, playing it well. And I mean, Xander still has an idol. You throw, you split the vote, you throw four votes on Xander, you throw four votes on somebody else. What if Xander wins immunity? Then you throw four votes on Evie and you throw four votes on Tiffany. Yeah, but then you've got, you got an immunity idol, you got to steal a vote. Things could get crazy. Is it a steal a vote or is it an extra vote? An extra vote, sorry. So like if- Does if someone they, have a steal a vote or just I don't an think anybody has a steal a vote. So, so let's say, okay, they do, they play the idol correctly. So say Xander wins immunity and they play the idol correctly to save Evie. Tiffany gets four votes, right? So if Ricard or Nasir flip, there you go. They got it. But if they don't, then they're still screwed. It all, it all comes down to Nasir and, and Ricard. They're the only two people with power that will actually do something. This is when I wish, like, I could get into Ricard's mind watching this at home and see like if he's kicking himself right now that he didn't see the four of them or if he's like glad I took care of that when I did. Yeah. You know, like I wish I could get into his mind right now, but obviously he's bound by contract not to say anything about that. Yeah. He has said that him and Shan are friends, which makes me think Shan won the million dollars and he wants some money. (laughs) or they're just friends but i mean honestly like with the how they ended that i don't know if they can be friends but yeah um i don't know it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out but uh yeah well i think i think that's it you good i'm good man did you see i hit that uh five team parlay on sunday i did very impressive yeah boy I lost like four dollars on Sunday, so good job. I am um, I am in the positive on the whole season, including future bets, and I have some future bets that haven't even like been accomplished yet. But nice, I, I and man. so I've I've lost money. On, I'm in the positive. Nice, yeah, that's sick. Small uh, money, people. Small money for you warriors out there. Did you have any money on Henry getting MVP? No, thank God. Oh, yeah. I have money on Stafford getting MVP. Mm. Maybe we should put some money on Adrian Peterson getting MVP. Uh, I wonder what the odds are on that one. Um, Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. All right. Um. Well, that is this week's episode of the uh, whatever we call this episode. Uh, not live tribal. But not live tribal. Uh, with brothers Joel Klinger and Michael Klinger. We want to thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back next week, hopefully with an as fun episode. I don't know if you can get more exciting than this week's episode, um, but it should be good the rest of the way. Um, and, uh, we hope to see you next time. Have a wonderful week and we will talk to you later. Keep watching everybody.